Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Jorge Riopedre. He is the president of Casa de Salud, an innovative health clinic serving immigrant and uninsured populations of the St. Louis region. Hello, Jorge. Hi, Mish. Good morning. Thank you for being here today. My pleasure. So this all started because I um, came across an article about Casa de Salud, yep. and the article was talking about that, you know, for how, how many years have you guys been here? Um, it will be nine years in January. Nine years, and you were serving physical health, but you just recently went into the mental health because of immigrants deal with trauma. Right. There's a tremendous amount of need. We were, uh, to a small extent, handling mental health in the clinic, so three volunteer psychiatrists. Uh, but as you can imagine, that far outstripped the need. Uh, and our case managers who try to get care for people outside of CASA when there is a situation that can't be dealt with in a primary care clinic, they were taking up to two years to find someone, a therapist, which oh, at that gosh. point, you might as well tell them, you know, there's no services. So the answer that we came up with was the Mental Health Collaborative. Uh, we renovated a building immediately adjacent to our current building uh, on SLU's medical campus. And we partnered with uh, four to start now six agencies who are actually delivering the therapy themselves. So we provide, we're the convening partner. We provide the building. We provide the infrastructure. Uh, we are third-party funders. So we fundraise for those partners in the context of the building. And then they provide the therapy. So we went from a waiting list of 300 to a waiting list of zero. Uh, and we took uh, a waiting time of almost two years. And now the max wait time is two weeks. So we're, uh, we're incredibly proud of what we are doing. And uh, really, I think as uh, people talk about the necessity of collaboration, we're not talking about it. We're doing it. And uh, real kudos to my partners who have stepped up, took a chance on uh, on uh, a, a, co a collaboration that took a lot of energy to, you know, meld the way people and organizations and cultures work together. And they, they really stepped up and uh, we're serving a lot of people. It's amazing. And thank you for doing that. So so let me ask you, so how long have you been? Have you been with them from the beginning? Uh, one year short of the beginning. I was hired almost on the one-year anniversary of the organization. Okay, and then over all those years, I mean, what? I mean, you have had some amazing things happen, right? We have. Uh, I mean, you think about that. We started with, uh, oh my gosh, my goodness, eight, eight employees and a 3,000-square-foot space and now the clinic space is 8,500 square feet, the 4,000 square foot mental health facility. Uh, we now have almost 70 physicians volunteering with us. Um, we have all of those agencies working on the mental health collaborative. We have a case management program uh, for, for services outside of CASA. We have a home visits program where a nurse and the case manager visit the patients in their homes. Uh, we provide free Uber rides to any patient that can't get to the appointment. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and hopefully, knock on wood, hopefully at the beginning of next year, we're going to open a dental program as well. Wow. So it's been a good eight years. So you guys, and this is what I love. It's like you're keeping up. You are totally, you are meeting all the needs of the people that need you. We uh, will, we do, thank you. We do the best we can. Um, certainly, we cannot meet all the needs. Um, one of the things that, I think one of the reasons that Bob Fox, uh, a philanthropist who's, who founded CASA, I think one of the reasons he brought me on when I had no healthcare experience whatsoever is that I, I'd like to think that I know how to run an organization. And, and unfortunately, what one of the things that means is you 
can't do everything for everyone. It's If you try to, you will of not course. be financially sustainable. Uh, and so while I would like CASA to meet the, all the needs of all the people, it's not possible. Uh, so what I am proud of saying is that we have taken the resources at hand. We have built upon them. Uh, we have innovated. And to the maximum ability that an organization of our size can, we have delivered a lot of service in a high-quality manner. So how do they find, how do people find you? I mean, is it, is it word of mouth or? It is mostly word of mouth. Okay. Uh, we do have the, the odd, you know, listing in a, in a, for example, a Latin newspaper or um, uh, a Spanish language radio station. Uh, but we, and we will also go to like community events and health fairs. Uh, but most of the traffic is from word of mouth. Um, we are now, the thing that I think is m- one of the most exciting things, there's a lot going on right now, but we were able to get a substantial grant from Missouri Foundation for Health. And the, th- the main thrust of that money is to allow us to do what we need to do to really welcome immigrants uh, and refugees of all ethnicities. So Casa de Salud means House of Health in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was purposefully targeted primarily at Hispanics because that was uh, the fastest growing ethnic group in the region. Uh, so Bob Fox wanted to, to focus on that group. But we've, we've always been open. The only litmus test to come to CASA is that you're uninsured. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, last year, 60 different nationalities were represented at CASA. But the numbers are small. So now we are trying to do cross-cultural training, uh, translation of all our materials, uh, re- uh, um, interpreters in multiple languages, trying to take the steps to put us in place to truly be welcoming uh, and ready to serve uh, all immigrants and refugees, not just Hispanic ones. Wow. That's a... That's a big task. It is going to be an ongoing endeavor. It's uh, it's the main part of our strategic plan, which lasts through the next two years. So really the next two years, I think, is about positioning us and then ongoing execution. So so you, so you started out mainly Hispanic, but what, I mean, you've seen this community grow and all these different cultures come into play. Indeed. In fact, the, uh, the, so the, the largest non-Spanish speaking group right now at Casa is Arabic speaking uh, from the, both the Middle East and from Northern Africa. Um, and working with a number of partners uh, throughout the region, uh, we are trying to really uh, take the slow and arduous steps of building trust with those community members right. uh, so that they can, in fact, uh, think of CASA as an organization that they can trust uh, and then take a chance on us. And then hopefully we will deliver. Uh, so so it's going to be like, I think everything that we've done, it's very incremental. It's, it's methodical, but it's relentless. Uh, we make sure that we, as you said, keep up. We are trying to do everything that we can uh, to keep up. And luckily we've had a lot of generosity from a lot of organizations and people throughout the region that have cared about the work that we're doing. So, and and just these, all these different cultures. I mean, I, I can't imagine what, I mean, you know, you have a new culture that you're going to have to work with. Yes. There's a lot more than the language to learn. No, in fact, uh, people think that language is cultural competency and it's not. Language no. is being able to speak the language, which is, which is great. Right. But, um, no, that's why one of the things that we're doing right now with some of the money from Missouri Foundation for Health is hiring outside agencies to give us cultural competency training in non-Hispanic cultures uh, because it's it's about understanding cultural norms, cultural taboos, um, ways of communicating, preferred communication styles with different cultures. These are the kinds of things that go far beyond whether you know the language of a person. In fact, I would put it far ahead. I would first want an interpreter 
and a culturally competent non-speaking person right. than a person who spoke the language and wasn't prepared culturally to receive the, the patient. Yeah, I mean, that 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 would, to me, seem like the, the big thing. is yeah. Because you, you, you have to understand where these people are coming from. And Absolutely. if you're going to offend them or do something that scares the heck out of them, then right. they're going to run the other direction. And just, and if we if we say the Casa de Salud is a place that is welcoming and respectful and trustworthy, then those are the things you have to do to be able to, to actually not just talk about that, but be it. Amazing. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back with Jorge. back with Jorge Rio Pedre from Casa de Salud, who's been educating us on what the uh, what Casa de Salud does and how you, you work with these various cultures. So I have to imagine, and I know we'll go back to um, the whole mental health thing, that yep. a lot of these immigrants, they're dealing with trauma from I'm no longer in my country. I'm not, I don't have, you know, family here. I'm not with my culture. And then there are people that are fleeing. Sure. And that has to be, I mean, that's, that's a lot to have to handle and then help those people to get to a place where they feel comfortable. Absolutely. Not to mention what might happen to them in their journey, in their transit from their country of origin to wherever they end up in the United States, whether that's coyotes uh, from people coming from Mexico, right. uh, sex trafficking, all that all that they might unfortunately experience uh, on their way. Besides, as you said, leaving their families, being uprooted from their homes and their countries of origin. Uh, so it's not a surprise that Generally speaking, uh, immigrants have higher levels, higher incident levels of trauma than the general population. Uh, this is one of the reasons, again, that we wanted to f- uh, uh, create the mental health collaborative. Because the other thing is, when you are able to treat these folks, not only then are you helping that individual, which is enough right there. Right. But on top of that, um, I take my own family had to flee from Cuba uh, in the early '60s because of political upheaval, uh, and they came here. And if you looked at them. You would say it was the kind of person we didn't want, right? Uh, didn't uh, spoke broken English, had no money, incomplete education, no resources here, right? The kind of people that if, especially in the environment that we're living in right now, we'd say, you know, we don't want those folks. But the United States gave them a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did, in the case of my parents, there were uh, some Cuban physicians and other resources that were brought to bear there uh, and made a life for themselves. And now here I am, the head of an organization. Here my daughter is, who is going to have a very bright future. When you help these folks, they contribute. Right. They uh, create economic opportunity. They innovate. They create jobs. They consume as, as people who buy stuff from other vendors. Um, so you're not just helping that person which again, I reiterate, should be enough for us. But if it's not, uh, they are also part of what makes an economy and a region thrive. Exactly. Uh, and so to my mind, we're doing two pieces of work at CASA. We're helping the individuals. We're doing the altruistic thing. But we're also helping a thrive, a future thriving St. Louis. In fact, it's happening now. Right. But even more thriving St. Louis in the future as people are able to actually get a hold of themselves, put down roots, and be uh, contributing members of the, of the community. So do you guys collaborate with any other or like Mosaic or any of those other Oh my types God, of- we, our collaboration is our middle name. I mean, 
Heck, the thing is called the Mental Health Collaborative, right? <laughs> uh, Mosaic, the International Institute, Bilingual International Assistance Services, uh, St. Francis Community Services, the the list goes on. Awesome. Uh, in fact, through the Missouri Foundation for Health grant that I mentioned, we actually have MOUs with nine different organizations, formalized partnerships to assist uh, those communities. For example, uh, the Tendo for Africa, uh, which is working primarily with Nigerian and Kenyan communities, uh, to, so we're not going to walk into a Nigerian community. What what the heck can do I know about their culture? We'll work with them who do know their culture to work with their uh, with their folks, and then have Casa be a trusted partner on the healthcare end. So yeah, collaboration is probably the number one reason that we have been successful. And and I have to imagine in St. Louis. So I, I'm always amazed at cities because you know I have my places in the city I go. Right, sure. but then every once in a while, I find myself in an area that I'm like, "Wow, this is this must have a thriving Bosnian community. This must have a thriving Asian community." Right. What communities do do most of us not see that are here in St. Louis that we're not aware so of? So I think there are many. I think we underappreciate the number of communities that are here. In fact, I I myself only found out recently that just by dint of percentage, that the fastest growing ethnic community in the state of Missouri is Somali. Really? I had no idea. I um, had no idea either. So, so yeah, I think that there is um, an amazing number. The numbers are small. The total numbers are small. But in terms of representation, again, tell you that CASA had 60 nationalities. And, right. and, and we have not made, until recently, an overt effort to attract other folks. Right. Uh, so they're here. Um, the International Institute has done a remarkable job of refugee resettlement. Um, I know that my colleagues, both Anna Crosland there at the International Institute and uh, Betsy Cohen at Mosaic, Betsy talks about Mosaic being the, the group that helps attract and the International Institute, the, help, the group that helps retain. Right, gotcha. Um, because you can't, uh, you can't just say, hey, come to St. Louis. And then when you get here, there's no infrastructure, there's no support. It's, you know, hey, good luck. Yeah. You've got to be welcoming. So say, hey, try us. But then when they do try us, you have to be ready to help support. Uh, and that, I think, is what my colleagues uh, are trying to do. I would love, and this is one of those things I've thought about, I would, I would love for someone to put together a map for me of <laughs> where all the different communities are, because we should go in and visit those communities and probably eat some awesome food. Indeed. And learn more about another culture. It's all right here in St. Louis. And you get a taste of that at uh, Anna Crosland's annual uh, Festival of Nations, right? Which just took place. Uh, right, uh, exactly. Very, very, in, in August. Um, that, I think, where you saw, I mean, the number of kiosks uh, of, of food, of entertainment, of, of vendors uh, was amazing in terms of these are, they're here, they're amongst us. Um, I think we, um, we think that we have a, this picture of what the St. Louis community is. Right. Uh, and it's actually much broader, much deeper, much richer. Uh, and we haven't, I think, sufficiently tapped into that. I don't think we have either. And, and you know, it's like, I, I feel like um, I know it's there, but I just don't know where to go or how to become a part of it or who to talk. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. it's like, it's, it's amazing to me. I remember it was quite a few years ago and I was listening to an interview that Oprah had done and they were talking to a woman who didn't have running water, was so amazingly poor and that the, she wasn't that far from a big metropolitan city, but like the people that lived in the city had no idea this community even right. existed because these people didn't have cars. They're not showing up at your stores and they're not in your area. And I have to think it's the same here. It's like there's these people that there's pockets that just stay within in their own area yeah. and that we're blind to it because we don't even know it exists. No, exactly. And uh, 
uh, a quick plug then for Mosaic Project that they have their ambassador program. And so they invite right. people to through that program uh, to connect to different members of ethnic communities here in St. Louis to help them make make them feel welcome. Something as simple as having a coffee with them, right? It's not a large ask. Right. Uh, it's just giving time and actually empathy. Uh, and uh, so that's a, one thing that I can tell you that if someone really is interested in connecting in the way you're describing, that's a low-hanging fruit way right. of, of doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. And what about um, as far as like with the, the different communities? Is You said Somali is... The in big Missouri's, one that's yeah. happening right it's now. The, by percentage, it's the fastest growing. What are some other cultures we don't even know are here? Oh, uh, Eritrean. Um, I don't even know what that yeah, is. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's just a, there's more than I could, I could count. I mean, what's Eritrean? Um, so don't, don't, don't be as I. Unfortunately, I can't readily we'll answer that at, question. We'll look it up later. I hate to tell you that you come. It's just when, when you told <laughs> me the okay. question. No, it's one of those. I'm like, okay, here's a culture that I know is here, and yet no one knows about. Apparently, including that's myself. That's really interesting, <laughs> though. But that's really interesting. I mean, that's 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 how many different cultures are here that you can't even keep track of all yeah. of them, and you're in it. Right, and and again, that's the thing that one of the reasons that I'm trying to, to with my colleagues to try and make Casa more welcoming for for everybody because we we know that they're here. Right. Uh, we don't know enough about them. Right. Um, we need to learn more about them for both our sake and the larger community's sake, uh, and we're trying to slowly do that. I love it. We're gonna take a break, and uh, if anyone knows any Eritreans out there, tell them to give Please. us a call. Okay, we'll be right back with Jorge. back with Jorge and it is question time. Oh gosh. Are you ready? Oh, it's easy. You're going to know all of these, but I'll take uh, I'm taking, for 500. We're going back in time because okay. I, I told you I, I stalked you a little oh, bit. Oh my God. So I would like you to tell us about the Sacred Heart Program. The Sacred Heart Program is what brought me to St. Louis. Uh, I had not terribly long before that graduated from Loyola University with a degree in broadcast communications. And uh, I was doing some fairly rinky-dink jobs in Tampa, Florida, where I'm from. And a girl I had met at Loyola, uh, who's from St. Louis, she went, she came back home. And she called me and said, hey, uh, the Jesuits uh, are doing uh, these, uh, they've been doing this radio program called the Sacred Heart Program since like 1912. Wow. Uh, and they are now wanting to do a Spanish component of it. And they want it, they're getting into television. So they want someone who could be, speak Spanish and English, produce, write, and edit in both languages and both mediums, and you can Ta-da! do that, and you're cheap. <laughs> and I'm like, that oh, box, I fit every box. <laughs> uh, so that brought me to St. Louis, uh, and uh, did that for three years before she and I and two others who became my colleagues there, uh, we left and created our own uh, t- uh, radio and television production company. And what what was the what did you talk about? Did you have interviews or what was the whole? It was it was basically a thirty minute interview format show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, interviews spliced in with some devotional music, uh, and um, and then um, we we would cut it. So we'd make a thirty minute version, a fifteen minute version, and a five minute version gotcha. on, on the radio side. On television, it was it was a magazine format type show. Very cool. Were there any were there any notable guests that you? Really remember? Um, or? The only the only one uh, that I would say was noticeable notable is uh, back at that time. Uh, that time, uh, the Clintons were trying to enact health care reform, and uh, we did a thing with Martin Sheen. 
Uh, really? So that was uh, that was the one thing I would one person I would say was notable. Interesting. Yep. Cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would also like to know what is an Eisenhower Fellow? An Eisenhower Fellow. Um, I you know. It's funny because I, I look at the room of the people who are with me there and I'm like, how the heck did I get into this group? Uh, these are people from um, both the United States, the reason there's a United States program and an international program. And in the United States, they pick approximately 10 people a year uh, and send them to uh, typically two, sometimes three countries to uh, learn about a particular uh, subject, usually that falls in your existing field, uh, with the idea that you will come back and uh, the phrase that Eisenhower uses is consequential impacts, that you will do uh, something or some things that thanks to your fellowship, you were really able to take it to the next level in the work that you do. Uh, and so I, in 2015, I was fortunate enough to be selected. I uh, went to uh, Mexico uh, to study uh, both their healthcare system and immigration from the point of view of the sending country rather than receiving, and went to Germany because at that point, the waves of immigrants were just starting to crash over Germany and to see how their healthcare system was dealing with that. Uh, very, very informative experience. And subsequently, now I'm the president of the local Eisenhower Fellowships chapter here in St. Louis. And uh, very proud to do that. I have 28 phenomenal colleagues here in the region who are doing incredible work uh, in their own uh, fields of interest. That is so cool. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. I love it very much. It's uh it's I've a, never it's a heck of a I had program. never heard of it. We're trying to change that. No, okay. <laughs> I might be able to help you there. So, um and then tell me, okay, so we during the break, we were talking about Kate Zone, one of our favorite places to go eat. Um but where else in St. Louis? Like what are the places in St. Louis that you just love and adore and like to visit? And- so so I'll tell you there's a so I really love um uh Natasha's for Mediterranean food in yes. South Grand, that is oh my God! There, it's their <laughs> their um, their lamb shish kebab with the basmati rice is unbelievable. Uh, there's a, a Nicaraguan place on Jefferson, uh, just south of um, uh, of Market, called Fritanga. I have not heard um, of that. Oh my God! It's they they serve one of the things he serves is these open faced plantains with pork and a sauce on top of them. It is to die for. All right, I know where we're going to uh, lunch yeah. today. I mentioned in the break for long <laughs> the Vietnamese restaurant that's uh, there in uh, uh, in in University City. Um, oh my goodness gracious! Well, uh, Sentai. I love Sentai uh, over in in downtown. Uh, I don't know that one either. Yeah, uh, I got to get out more. It's, uh, well. <laughs> yeah, Sentai does the same type of food as uh, as the King and I. Oh, uh, okay. In, in, All right. In, on South Grand, which is also another phenomenal restaurant. Um, the, these are just, I mean, the list is, St. Louis is really, someone told me the other day, said, really, St. Louis is a foodie town. We just don't get credit for it. Right. And this is absolutely true. I agree. Yeah, there's there's a lot of top-notch uh, ethnic food uh you know, South Grand is where it's particularly known for, right. but really all over the place. All over. Well, and just food, food. I was just, yeah. I went to, uh, I was on the Grove uh, yeah, just I think the all other my... night. And I was like, what What the heck happened here? This has got great places There's a place there called Sanctuaria. That, yes, that, I love. that place is awesome. Uh, the tapas type food. I yeah. went to, um, oh shoot, now I'm not going to remember the name for pizza. Um Darn it. I'm not going to remember the name of it, which is terrible. And it was the best pizza I've had. I better remember. I won't. Uh, I've got to well, go it'll come to you. It'll come to you. <laughs> see, yeah, there's, see how I don't know everything? <laughs> there was, there, there's some just, a, you can't, uh, you can't go wrong in St. Louis. No, uh, you to, can't. To eat food. But I agree. We are a foodie town and people just, 
you know, they don't really know that we are. Exactly. And we have to promote it more because I think one of the key things for St. Louis is to attract more people in their 20s right. who either decide to stay in St. Louis or who make St. Louis a destination city. Uh, that is going to be key to the economic survival, let alone uh, thriving of St. Louis. Uh, and to do that, we have to uh, we have to work on the things that we know are wrong in St. Louis and that unfortunately get all the publicity. Uh, we don't deny that. We have to deal with that. By the same token, we have to tell the stories that are really good about St. Louis. Yeah. One of which is we do, we need, we, we've we got need, some great eats. Yeah, we got great eats. We've got a great, I mean, the cost of living. The cost of living. We have world-class education. Uh, the facilities such as the Art Museum, Forest Park, the Science Center, uh, the Botanical Gardens. People come here and they go, wow, I didn't know. I'm like, that's the problem. And you get to go to all those places for, for free, free, which is the crazy thing yeah. that people do not understand. I'm like, bring your family here and you're not going to be spending 50 to $75 a ticket to go to our zoo. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Is it, you know, the Tim Wentworth, the CEO of, uh, of Express Scripts last year when the whole thing was going around um, Amazon, right? And the Amazon... Second HQ, right, and uh, he was asked at this forum, like, "So, do you think we got a chance?" And blah blah. He goes, "Here's the deal. I could care less whether Amazon chooses us to, to come here or not right now. We have so much going for us. If we deal with the issues that we know, or it's what's wrong in St. Louis, right? If we deal with those, people will be knocking down our doors to live in St. Louis. I agree. Don't worry about Amazon. Right. Worry about what we got to fix. Fix it. We'll, the problem will be keeping people away." And I, I thought he nailed that. That's absolutely correct. Exactly. I agree. I yeah. love it. Oh, my gosh. This has been fabulous. Thank so, you for inviting so me. what else do we need to know? What else do you want to share with us? I would say, let St. Louis, let's keep being a forward, open, thinking people. Let's not build our own metaphorical walls. Uh, let's make sure that we say, no, that St. Louis uh, will thrive by being an inclusive and open society, not only for new Americans, but for the people we have already here, for African-Americans, we have to deal with the racism problem. We can't sweep that under the rug. We can't just say that happens in North City. Um, have to deal with it. And we, we only lack the will. We have the resources. We have the talent. We have the ingenuity. We just lack the will. Um, let's deal with that. Well said. Jorge, thank you so much. My pleasure. And thank you for everything that you and Casa de Salud is doing for our city. Thank you. Awesome. All right, everyone out there, you have been listening to Mishmash. Please go to iTunes and subscribe and have a wonderful day. Thank you. <laughs>